Welcome to our audience, and thank you so much for joining us for this PATC podcast. Uh, my name is Mark Waterfell, president and owner of Public Agency Training Council. We are the country's longest running and largest provider of seminars for police and fire departments. We have classes all over the country. You can check out our website at patceducation.com. Uh, you can also find virtual classes at patceducation.com. We are happy today to have Don Haley with us. Don, you're there? Yes, sir. Hey, Mark, how you doing, sir? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Don is one of our excellent instructors. And uh, Don, please give our audience a little bit about your background. Uh, yes, sir. I, I tried to work in every area of law enforcement I possibly could. I started off working in a state prison. Uh, then I went on to a sheriff's department, then went on to police department, um, then became detective, became detective of the year in 1995, Virginia Beach PD, um, went on, became the director of criminal justice over at Tidewater, then went on and just now I'm just a college professor, <laughs> you know, teaching at Tidewater Community College. So made my way through and, you know, as high as I wanted to make it and, um, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and it's been a great run. I've dedicated my last 32, 33 years to just law enforcement. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And where is the uh, Tidewater College located? Um, it's in Virginia Beach. We have four campuses, uh, Virginia Beach, Portsmouth, Norfolk, and Chesapeake. And the Virginia Beach is the largest campus, and um, I'm, I'm still the uh, department chair head there. Um, as they say, but I'm teaching everything online, asynchronous learning. Fantastic. What classes do you teach for them? I teach criminal law evidence procedure, uh, community policing, um, let's see what else, criminal investigations, you know, which goes over homicide, things of that sort. Uh, we have even have a forensics lab um, tied into that. I teach criminology, uh, psychological aspects of criminal behavior, which is what I modeled one of the courses um, that I teach for you after as well, dealing with behavioral analysis and things of that sort. Fantastic. Uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself personally. Are you a married guy? Absolutely. I got lucky. I found a good looking woman with bad eyesight and uh, she's a sweetheart named Allison Haley. Uh, I have four children, um, three boys, one girl. Uh, the girl's probably the favorite. I hate to say it, but I, you know, I love them all. <laughs> but the, the girl's got me wrapped. She's, right. uh, she, yeah, she graduated high school at 16. She's about ready to turn 18 uh, and have a 14-year-old at home. And then I have a 27-year-old and a 29-year-old. Fantastic. What are some of the hobbies, things you like to do outside of work? Um, I love the big wave surf. <laughs> I love surfing. Um, I've just... I got back from El Salvador uh, a couple months ago. Uh, I, the bigger the waves, the better. I enjoy it. I used to be a boxer, you know, which is it's funny. That's how the old director of criminal justice uh, met me was I was a boxer. I was a fighter and he was a big boxing fan. And he kind of guided me and led me and said, look, I need you to work in all these areas and A through Z. And I followed everything he told me to do. And he said, one day you'll be the director of criminal justice. And, and I'd be darned if it didn't happen. Uh, but I, I did everything he told me to do, including getting the master's degree with a 4.0 average, et cetera, which was, you know, it, it was no, no easy task, but it was well worth it. And, and I, I love what I do, Mark. Um, I, I love adding value to people's lives and uh, especially law enforcement uh, in, in today's times. You know, only the stronger left right now. Um, there's a lot of... A lot of fields, you know, as soon as the pressure gets turned up that, you know, they jump ship and 
And you're seeing some amazing women and amazing men in law enforcement. They're still there fighting the good fight every day in, day out. And I want to give them the tools. Um, I think that we are giving them the tools and we're giving and, and the assurance, the backup. I mean, my phone constantly rings. Hey, I got this. What, what would you do, Don? You know, I said, well, let's talk about it. You know, and, and I tell them my phone is accessible 24 hours a day. They can call me. And I promise, I mean, I always answer the phone. <laughs> so it's really exciting. Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, tell our audience uh, the, what classes you teach for PATC. For PATC, um, I do a psychological aspects of criminal behavior where we go into a lot of the uh, like behavioral analysis. We go in, we enter the mind of a serial killer uh, for a fun part in that course. We also talk about a lot of children. Um, and a lot of the medicines that they're on and they, um, I, I want to be politically correct when I, when I say this, but they have a lot of disorders, you know, and that children are coming up with and every day the DSM manual gets thicker and thicker and thicker. And we talk about, uh, um, how to adequately connect with these individuals and, uh, hopefully change their life and, hopefully keep them from, you know, going the wrong way. Um, we also talk about adults and dealing with them as well. We interject some neuroscience in that as well, which is really powerful because we teach in that course how to go in and flip switches in the brain um, and that are it's almost like I'm touching you and uh, extremely effective. And um, so it, it analyzes behavior and analyzes criminal behavior. And um, it just, it, it's a huge course, <laughs> and it's exciting. And great. What other classes do you teach? Uh, leadership. We do emotional intelligence leadership course, which is uh, really, I, I think it's a wonderful course. We also do a basic leadership skills course, um, which has uh, been a real huge success. It's really funny with the basic leadership course. I get a lot of chiefs and deputy chiefs that take that as well. And we, we, you know, every evening I'm accessible. If when you take my course, you have me the whole time from when I get there to when I leave. And um, that's really exciting because we'll sit down and, and talk and share in private and do things of that sort. And heck, sometimes we'll go to dinner and there'll be, you know, 30 people in a class. There'll be 25 people <laughs> at dinner and we're all talking still and we talked all day. And it's just really exciting because what we want to do is we want to connect and we want to bring theory with practicality because you just have a bunch of theories, no good. You know, when you inject that practicality and then you make it workable, that's when it gets really exciting and we come up with solutions. Uh, I teach homicide for you, which is my favorite. I've been, uh, I actually did work for uh, uh, new detectives um, and you, you know, you look online, I share that in class and wrote a bunch of stuff for them. It was a, a show on discovery. Um, homicide is one of my specialties. I absolutely love it. I uh, stay up to date with everything, especially the, you know, deoxyribonucleic acid DNA. Um, I, I, I'm really, we really stay on top of that. Um, and um, the cell phones and et cetera, you know, and the technology, um, it's extremely important. We also, in that class, 
like when we were in Vegas together, uh, remember I was so excited. We were actually eating together that night. And I said, hey, look at this, Mark. And I showed you a homicide picture. I thought you were going to pass out. And I said, they thought it was a suicide, but we showed it. I proved that it was actually a homicide. And we found out it was. And we found out who did it. Um, we solved six cases in that class. We always tell them, look, make sure you contact district attorney or your commonwealth attorney, depends on your state, and get clearance. And on the last day, we're going to come in here, we're going to get dirty, and we're going to solve these cases. And every knock on wood, we, you know, when you bring as many people to the table as you do in that scenario, it's almost always an incident. We even saw from, from Hawaii that, that day uh, when we were in class. Um, wow. and I didn't see you that picture. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was a good time, though. And the death and homicide class is four and a half days, right? Uh, yes, sir. Four and a half to five. Uh, it depends on which, which one. I see. And uh, I assume that you uh, talk about DNA evidence. That's that's really a hot topic these days. Yes, sir. It is because it's getting better and better. It, and the thing is, is it, it used to it was it's, it's getting more and more advanced where uh, there used to be something called the CSI effect. And that came from that movie CSI. And they talked about, oh, epiphilia and, and oh, you know, they're taking air samples to collect the DNA. It's not that easy. And that's not what, what we do. We, you know, some of the latest stuff we have now is like MVAC, um, where you go in and you actually suck the DNA, like out of jeans, pants, shirts, et cetera, things like that. It is, it's extremely important. We talk about the DNA that ties into siblings and how, you know, we can also make connections there. And we do real cases. The thing with the difference between my homicide class or our homicide class and probably what other individuals offer is it's constantly scenario driven. It's the only course that I have where I, I, I use PowerPoint, but it's not death by PowerPoint. It is, look, here's what we have. Here's the scenario. Here's the pictures. And we have permission with all the pictures we have. And my God, there's probably a thousand of them. And we walk them through. Then I actually walk them through real scenarios with real crime scenes. And then they figure it out. They have to figure it out. So then we're prepared whenever we bring the real case in what to do. We also go over interviewing and interrogation. I don't like the word interrogation. I think everything should be an interview. Interrogation conjures up to me things of like rubber hoses and whipping individuals and waterboarding. And that's not what we do. We interview, we seek the fact, we seek the truth and, um, and becoming extremely likable. We go through the form technique, um, which gets the individual from the unwilling chair to the willing chair which is your family, occupation, recreation, motivation, things of that sort. Um, so it's, it's real exciting. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go back to the leadership class and maybe you can tell our audience a little bit more about what goes on in that class and, and how you help people. Okay. Um, for your leadership course, first off, I have to say this, and it's not just because I'm talking to you because I tell anybody this. It's really easy to teach leadership when I have a leader like Mark Waterfield, because people do what people see. And I'm just being honest. And and I, I look at our staff and, and your staff, and they have duplicated you over and over again, all the way from, from Stephanie to, uh, oh, my God, Bobby. And uh, my, one of my favorites as well. All of them are Stephanie, Bobby, Katie. It, it's just like miniature marks, you know. And and, and I love that. And, and we talk about the essentials of building that leadership team because I tell them that one is too small of a number for greatness. 
And it, you, you, if you build an effective law enforcement leadership team, you can accomplish tasks. Because what a lot of individuals don't realize is that 81% of change initiatives fail. I think it was Woodrow Wilson that said, if you want to uh, make people mad, just change something. But unfortunately, in today's time, things are changing by the minute. I mean, including with not we're not only talking about like destructive technology and things, we're talking about legislation, law, how hands are being tied, um, you know, uh, pretextual stops, et cetera. So we stress on the basic uh, leadership team. We say leadership management course that it's important that we have at least one of four types of leaders and in order to create an effective leadership team. And let me give you what that is. Um, the first one would be a sense maker. You got to have at least one sense maker on your team. It was organizational psychologist Carl White, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Carl. Carl White, he said that we have to be able to make sense or have one individual on our team that can make sense of the complex issues that we're facing every day in law and from every side as well. So making, you know, sense out of these complex issues is huge. Next thing we have to have, and this is just in the permissional stage, just to have permission to lead. We have to have a relational connector. We have to have one person on our leadership team that is a great relational connect. You know, I look at politicians and, and I, and I, you ever see, because I don't want to get into politics, get people crazy, but there's the politicians that some of you listen to, and it seems like you're sitting in the living room of your home and he's sitting right with you or she's sitting right with you talking to you. You know, those are powerful. Those are the relational connectors that we need um, within our leadership team. That's the second type. The third type is the visionary. Everybody needs a visionary on their team. A visionary is one that will paint that compelling uh, picture for the future. I, what I do in class is, is I'll take, uh, I'll take a, a video. And I just used uh, the last class was an officer is getting beat up in the projects real bad and it's video I and mean, he's getting brutalized and out and the guy's even got a knife and then here come all these individuals from the community they come in they start jumping in and grabbing the bad guy knock him down they then hold him down the officer recovers goes over then cuffs him they save the officer's life so we talk about how to a great visionary knows how to ask great questions and knows how to paint great pictures. So I show that video and the videos can't be longer than a minute. It has to be short. I show throw a 47 minute or 47 second video up. And then you just simply ask to get the buy-in. What did you see there? Can somebody tell me what you saw there? And of course, cops being cops will be, oh, look, a guy's got a butt with me. He needs to learn defensive tactics, blah, 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 and have fun. He go, okay, what else did you see? What else did you see? You know, and then I say, well, I saw a community that loved this officer. I, love, I saw a community that loved this police department. And if a picture is worth a thousand words, think of what a video is, probably 10,000, you know? So then we go and say, can we be like that? Can our department be like that? Would that be a good thing or a bad thing for our department to be like that where everybody loved us? You know, and then you go from, and then how can we do that? And when you're asking and bringing them into it, a huge portion of getting buy-in is bringing in the input and accepting the input from the men and women around you. So if you look at an idea, one idea is a good idea. Two is a great idea. You add a third in there. Now you got an excellent idea and it just keeps getting better and better and better. You know, when the egos are checked at the door, which we, you know, discuss that, uh, talk about that as well. 
Next thing, and the last one is the inventor and the creator. You have to have at least one inventor and one creator on the team. They have to have, uh, see, how would I put this? Develop new ways to execute this vision that's being put out there, that's just being brought to the table or that's being brought down from legislation from above or from the, what, the chief's officer from above. We also teach from a perspective of we want for you to look at where and start taking this course right now from where you want to be. If you want to be the next chief, you want to be the next captain, the next sergeant, lieutenant, let's start looking at it from that perspective. And leadership is duplication. Leadership is duplication. So what we're going to do, we're going to start mentoring right away and building our team right away, even at the sergeant level and say, look, we're, I'm going, I'm going up this hill. Do you want to go with me? If you do, I'd love to have you. You know, because you got talent, A through Z. I'm a talent scout. We teach them to be talent scout. We really emphasize talent being a talent scout because the most important talent is what walks through that door. It's amazing the buy-in that we get, uh, especially when we tell them and, and we have a point in the course that we say, I want for you to be the leader that you wished you had or be the leader that you do have. Like I have Dr. Mark Waterfield. I would love to be a Dr. Mark Waterfield. I'm not there yet. But I'm I'm working on it. It, it takes time. All right. So I that is, that is key because it makes them think. We're constantly getting them to think. A lot of individuals say, "Well, we're not going to go down this on a rabbit hole. We're not going to go down that on a rabbit hole." I purposely send individuals in the direction that I feel we need to go. I do that, but it's something that I developed called funnel questioning, where I ask the questions and I'm funneling them in to where they need to be. Now, when they make the statement or they ask me, the, I'll induce them to get them to ask me the question. Now the buy-in's in play, the communication's in play. It's two-way. I'm listening, they're listening. And we go through, that's all extremely complex, but we teach it in that course. And then we have them do it. And that's the best part. At the end, we have this thing called the cat speed that we, we develop. And on your emotional intelligence course for Cadsby, that is where we'll come in and we'll look at everything, not from the actual real problems that are taking place, but how we're going to address it. I'll give you an example. Chief John Gandy at Madison, Alabama said, Don, I need your help. No problem. What do you need? He said, let me use his name. Uh, um, he said, before I even got here, I sent, I looked at a pursuit policy. I revised it. And this before I even arrived on scene, sent it out in an email to my captains, lieutenants all the way through. I got here. They were so mad. They lost their mind. They don't know what they're doing. I said, oh, John, he goes, what did you do? He goes, I know what I did. I went back, looked at the notes. He goes, well, what happened, John? See, I'm asking him. I know what happened, but he, he the buy-in. He said, what I should have done and what I feel I should have done is said, got my leadership team around the table. And I said, okay, our pursuit policy, what's going on with it? Start with you and go all the way around. Can anybody look on your phone right now, find out if anybody's been charged with voluntary or involuntary manslaughter as a police officer for having a pursuit policy for gas drive offs or something crazy like that? And they look, oh my God, there's a guy in jail, right? Prison right now, an officer. And oh, no, are you serious? Yeah. See, I'm funneling them. I'm funneling them. 
But maybe <laughs> how many of y'all want to go to prison? Raise your hand around the table. No, nobody wants to go to prison. Okay, good. How many of y'all want your men and women to go to prison? No, nobody does. Good. So do you think that maybe gas drive offs we shouldn't get in a pursuit over if that's the only case? Yeah. Let's let's look and let's keep finding. I mean, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and and you're going around and they're doing the input. So what should it be? And somebody will say life in peril. Lieutenant, thank you. Captain, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my somebody write that down. Or I'll write it down. Hold on. You know, and he goes, and when it would be, when it was all over with, it would be the same thing that I sent, but they had buy-in. They were part of it. And the thing That's is, great. Don, he, he said the why. It's why. He remembered Simon Sinek. He, Simon Sinek wrote some wonderful books, Eaters Sleep Last, whole bunch. He said, people don't do what you do. They do why you do it. So when people understand why, that's when they move and that's when they buy in. If you can address the why, that's why Apple soared the way it did. You know, um, that, that's why, uh, what was it? Uh, Time Warner had DVR. Remember that? Well, you know what was before DVR? It was TiVo. Remember where you can live, pause live TV, stop it. But didn't make any money. Time Warner comes in with DVR. It does it. Why? Because Time Warner marketed it from the perspective of why you can save time. You can get that 20 minutes back of commercials. You could just fast forward, say, execute what you have to do for the day. You're never going to get that 20 minutes back on that commercial. It's going to make you impulse buy and cost you money and time, you know. So we start coming from that perspective as well. So and that's I hope I wasn't too long, but I just had to go in and, and share. Well, that's a real great. Thing. You know, when we're when we're talking about leadership, are you seeing a large turnover in leadership? Uh, we're moving from the baby boomers uh, retiring to new generations. Do you get into those issues? Yes, sir. With the millennials and uh, things of that sort. And you got X, Y generation, X, all the all the different generations, especially the millennials, because they're the ones being forced in. It's happening in a homicide right now. You got people coming out of the academy and going straight into homicide. And they've never seen a dead body or smelled one in their life. So we have to address that. That's why I constantly build on the fact that we are the strong. We're the ones left. We haven't vacated. We're still holding the fort. You know, we're still out there sacrificing our lives every day on the altar of freedom to keep this country safe and to keep the people safe. You know, and we have to be smart because, right. you know, they'll lock you up quicker than any anything. And we go through these issues. And we address them and, and we, we talk them out. So uh, I think you've been to some pretty unique places. I think you taught in the Virgin Islands. Oh, that was incredible. Yes, Did sir. You, that, was that uh, enjoyable? Yes, sir. It was because uh, uh, it was St. Martin and then I jumped over to St. Croix. And St. Martin, that those uh, they were just both wonderful. St. Thomas? They gave, me, they gave me a watch, sir. I couldn't believe I got over here. They gave me a watch. Uh, it was a was that at St. Thomas? Yes, sir. St. Thomas. I, I I couldn't believe it. And it, it made me cry, actually. And it's embarrassing because somebody was filming it and they sent it to me. Hope it don't great. get online. <laughs> That's great. Well, Don, we thoroughly enjoy your enthusiasm and your hard work. You do an excellent job. The evaluations we get back are always just fantastic. And thank you so much for all of your hard work. We really appreciate you. You're a great asset to PATC. And we appreciate you being here on this podcast. Oh, thank you, sir. If there's anything you need, and once again, I'm just trying to follow your leadership and leadership of Katie, Bobby, Stephanie, and, you know, and everyone else involved, which is amazing. Uh, they're all wonderful. And thank you. Well, thank you so much and have a great rest of your week. You as well, sir. One, two.